All right, and welcome to our non-spoiler review of the new movie Glass that just came out in the cinema. Uh, it's the third movie in the Unbreakable and Split trilogy, um, and it follows uh, the characters from those movies. We've got David Dunn, uh, we've got the Hordes, the Beast James McAvoy's character, uh, whatever you would call him, a man of many names, and then you've got uh, Elijah, uh, Mr. Glass, um, who are all coming together for the first time in this film. Um, they are, it was revealed in the trailer, they're all captured and are taken to this uh, mental hospital, a hospital for the insane, and um, yeah, shit starts to go down from there, is basically, <laughs> is, is basically the basic plot of the movie. Um, so I'm joined today, by, as always, by Jack Higgins. You saw the movie last night. Uh, I wanted to ask, going into the movie, what were your expectations based on the way the movie had been advertised by the trailers and the posters that we'd seen coming out? Um, and how quickly did you realise, okay, those expectations are going to be met here, or this movie is slightly different uh, than from what I thought it might be? Right, well, I'd only... I'd only seen the trailer, obviously, recently, well, I think it was probably a couple of months ago. Um, yeah, I thought that movie looks class. Like, not to play on the word class. <laughs> I thought, glass looks class. Aye, I thought that was, that was really good. Uh, aye. Hadn't seen Split, hadn't seen Unbreakable, and it wasn't until, you know, the sort of anticipation of this movie coming out that I was like, wait, I need to watch both of them, like, in mm-hmm. succession so that it's fresh in my mind, and then I can whatever. And just by, just by way of, I don't know, basically the way I found them. Um, I ended up watching Split first. But I knew you could watch mm-hmm. you know, um, alone anyway, like separately, and you need to follow the story. But I did yeah, watch Split first. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. we kind of went back right at the end, um, where you see um, David Dunn, you know, in the, the cafe or whatever. Yeah, he's in the cafe and they're like, oh, what was the name of that guy from years ago? He's like, Mr. Glass. And I was like, I've I seen that. i seen that in the cinema with Nicky, and it would never forgive me for marriage like I nearly stood up out my chair <laughs> like what the fuck because you hear the music cue you hear the music cue before you see him like the unbreakable music starts to uh-huh. play uh-huh. and like because I'm like like notice small details like that like it's just at, like I started to be like wait, wait a minute like it's something's uh, something's an eye you know <laughs> and then all of a sudden David Dunn uh, Bruce Willis is sitting in that cafe uh, um, so having watched them pretty fresh I was like you know, I don't know, I was high anticipating for this movie. Yeah. And then, um, I don't know, I think it met expectations for me, uh, to be yeah. honest. I think. Yeah. What was, I don't know, far better than I could have imagined, probably. I, I, it seems like from the trailers and stuff, it sets up to obviously this sort of fight um, between yeah. the powers that the beast has and the powers that David Dunn obviously possesses. Um, so it, it, set, it sets up for this sort of ultimate battle, this fight, and you don't really know where Mr. Glass's place is in it, to be honest. Uh, yeah, obviously. and that's sort of, yeah. I think that's the strength of the marketing in a way. Yeah, um, that it's, it's a nice surprise for some people going into the movie, but you've got to remember the movie sitting in 35% in Rotten Tomatoes right now, and we'll, we'll put the general opinion out there. We're both positive on the film overall um, and like it more than most people. I think, I think what will put a lot of people off this is the fact it's like you say they set it up for this big showdown between these three characters the villains teaming up to take on david dunn and the way the marketing uh presents the movie is as though it's a stereotypical superhero story you know and that's it's not what ends up being it's very much a contained movie 
mostly set in the same general location, very much in the way that Split was. Like that has that sort of low budget feel. Aye, definitely. Yeah, and um, I want to go into it, like, because obviously we're keeping this non-spoiler and with any M. Night Shyamalan movie, it's to be expected since The Sixth Sense came out all those years ago, you're going to be expecting a twist. Um, and while we can't talk about what the twist is specifically, I liked the narrative twists and turns this movie made because it didn't feel for me like a gimmick. Like, there's two main twist plot points, I think. And I like the first one better than I like the second one, I do have to say. And that's a discussion we'll get into in our day. We'll do like a full episode in Glass, I think, so we can get into that discussion. Uh, but what was your opinion on it? Because obviously, Unbreakable has the twist that makes the movie right at the end with the revelation that Mr. Glass is behind all of the attacks. Split has the revelation that's linked to Unbreakable. What was your opinion on the way that M. Night handled the sort of twists and turns in this film? Um, no, I liked them. I liked them both to an extent. Um, the first one, as you said, yeah, the first one's brilliant. The first sort of twist. Um, it doesn't change anything. Like essentially, it doesn't really like change anything. But it's uh, it, as you said, it's, it gives it a more authentic narrative, like a more less gimmicky, less um, cliched, less like superhero movie. If that makes sense, like it's yeah. It's a definitely a more well-written piece for me, I think. Yeah, and while it does link in, like, I, I'm trying to say this without spoiling it, it's something I could imagine happening in an Arthur Pedro movie, and kind of does in certain films. Yeah. Uh, the revelation happens, but that's something we'll get into in our day. But it's a very interesting way that he presents it and plays with it, though, you know? Definitely. Right, and then the, the second one, we had a discussion about last night when you left because that's really the biggest one um and you weren't as high in that one but you liked it overall you were saying yeah i mean i think it's good for the story uh, it makes sense to give let's uh, try not to spoil it it's difficult but just to give to give the story a general conclusion i think it's good mm-hmm. um yeah but you know there were, for me there was just parts missing um, and i think people who have maybe not seen the movie yet and they're going to watch it like maybe don't don't listen to my words too much. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, maybe just keep in mind that there's obviously going to be some twists. You could expect some twists anyway. Definitely, and that's the only reason I bring it up is because it's Shyamalan. Yeah, because... maybe not get your hopes up too too high. I think that's also what you said to me going into watching uh-huh. the movie yesterday. You said you know try and go into it pretty fresh and don't like don't anticipate yeah, it being brilliant or don't anticipate it being you know. Better than you can imagine. But I think I think that was probably the best way to go. In. It was pretty fresh. Um, mm-hmm. I, I knew it was going to be different from uh, Unbreakable and Split. I knew it was going to have a different feel to it slightly. Um, I think mm-hmm. most of the direction in it is is pretty much the same. Um, yeah, some of the shots we were talking about. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a very modern uh, in Mike Shyamalan. It's very um, yeah, as you said, some of the shots we were talking about like. Um, Joseph leaving the building and it being upside down like this. Yes. It's a very strange, uh, an unusual way of that. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's not even necessary, and, but it, it tells a lot. You know, it, it paints a, a larger picture just from that one shot. Oh, definitely. We were talking in the Shining uh, episode that we just did about directors who have a very distinctive visual style, and I think yeah, that's that's basically a signature piece of M Night. That that shot the wide angle shot, leaving the building and then the, the camera flips, you know, it's, it's a very cool, very cool piece of cinema. But I want to get into what we can talk about 
uh, without ruining stuff is the performances, the actors. Now, the first name in the poster of this movie is not the main character uh, or the, the character of the movie is named uh, Mr. Glass. It is James McAvoy, who comes back from Split. Um, how do you think his performance here holds up to the, the, the great work he does in Split? Like, obviously, he's still playing these umpteen personalities trapped inside this, this one vessel. You know, the Horde and the, the, the rest of the people that try to command the light. How do you think he does here compared to Split? If I'm honest, I think he was better than in, in, uh, in this one than in Split. I think he was better in Glass. And I, it's hard to say because obviously it's the same performance. He, do, he actually does well to um, emulate his performance in Split. It, it, can be, yeah. it can be difficult for someone who's playing like another character in a sequel, especially someone who's playing many characters within a character, um, to, to maybe to have like wee off moments or whatever. But I think. Uh, I think his portrayal of all these different identities in this movie is it was ridiculous. I think it's better, more so than his. Um, the way he can jump. I think there's scenes in the in Glass where you see more of his change. If like you actually witness the change rather than that, uh, yeah, I was going to bring time, that up. A lot of the time it's split. It, um, it's hidden. There is times where obviously he changes. You know, um, you can you can see him change, but. There's most of the time, you know, it goes away and he comes back as another character, which is still brilliant. Like you, keep, you still have to, you know, um, hold your hands up and say it's brilliant performance and split and like the ability to to play so many different characters on cue like that is ridiculous. But I think more so in Glass because you actually witness the changes and he actually in one of the scenes I can't really remember. I think he goes through maybe eight or nine of the different um, person uh, different identities that he's got and he goes through them like with maybe snippets. I think it's like five to ten seconds snippets of each one. Um, Definitely, that's what impressed me most as well. Body language changes, facial expression changes, obviously dialogue is completely different, accents and stuff. I think, uh, no, you really just got to um, hold your hands up and say what a performance I think, and, it, and maybe rightfully so. I think he's pro he probably is in the movie the most. He probably, that's probably why he's the, the top credited act, um, top credited actor. actor. No, it's, not, it's, it's not his title. Um, yeah, and I agree with, completely with what everything you're saying. The quickfire changes in this are uh, part of what makes it so impressive. But even the emotional, every one of his, a lot of his personalities have character arcs of their own in this movie. Uh, and he needs to, he needs to emote a lot more. Like we get to see, we recognise it as the same character we've seen before in Split. But even with the likes of the Horde, Dennis, particularly in Patricia. Um, they are going through their own emotional journey, so we're seeing them in slightly different situations to what yeah. we normally see them. Like their body, we can tell it's still meant to be this facet of Kevin yeah. uh, Wendell Crumb. However, it's it, 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 it's it's magnificent for me the fact that he's been ignored uh, for a lot of acting awards for the even split and in Glass as well. Yeah. It baffles my mind because what he does is absolutely insane in both yeah. films. This is probably an unpopular opinion. Like, I, I mean, I loved Split. Like, I think it was it was good, I think, more so from an acting point of view. In terms of the story, like, see, when I look back, or like now that I've seen all three of them in the trilogy, I don't like Split as much. Because it's more contained? It's more contained. It's, it could be a standalone film if there wasn't that twist. And I think yeah. the twist is the only thing that obviously links it. I don't think it would have been as good a movie if it wasn't in this trilogy. Well, I think we're going to we'll come back. To, we'll come back to that at the end because I want to talk about how they all link up. But yeah. I want to ask you before, just so we can 
put in a rapid accent, is there any other performances in the movie that stood out to you particularly as being above the rest, uh, apart from obviously James McAvoy? I wouldn't say above the rest, I think James McAvoy's the best in it. I know that, he, uh, uh-huh. I can't even remember the actress's name, um, I know that the psychiatrist in it, you, you probably... Sarah Paulson. Yeah, you would have probably fought her corner for some sort of... I... See, I like her, but like what I'd say is she's very reserved for most of the film, as is the nature of her part. Yeah, I think. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think there's not really much she could have done, like to make it, mm-hmm. make it more exciting or make it a better performance. But uh, yeah, no but she's she's serviceable. I like I like the fact that they casted um, like young like young Joseph <laughs> as old Joseph, if that makes sense. Like. Oh yeah, like, they brought the same actor yeah, back. That was fantastic for me. Yeah, I like that because obviously it was. What, when when did Unbreakable even come out again? It was ages ago. Two thousand. Two thousand. It was so. Um, Nineteen years to have yeah to have fought them, to hunted them down and found them again to put them in the movie. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I don't know how much work he's done since then because I recognise his face as an adult. You know what I mean? I was about to say I, I don't th- I can't think of anything that I've seen him in, but. Um, you know, it's him. He's very, he's got a very distinct look about him, mm-hmm. and I don't know if they deliberately done. I don't know if they done that. They done a shot where they like basically just look at Joseph Dunn's photo and the skull. I don't know if that's meant to be to show that it's the same actor or something. I don't, I don't know if it's like. I think it's maybe to prove a point about the connectedness of the two stories. I I, I don't think that shot was needed, but I think it was just to prove, oh, Split and Unbreakable are in the same world, remember that? You know what I mean? Uh, like, okay, yeah, yeah. Talking about that shot, the person for me who does stand out is once again, and I loved her in Split, was Anya Taylor-Joy, I think. She's probably my favourite young actress out there today. Um, I just really... She has a way of making her character, even the most straightforward character, come across as mysterious and she doesn't let you in fully to what that character's thinking and a lot of the time that would come across as bland. However, with her it's just so captivating because a lot of this movie I was unsure like what what her role was, what her character's uh, position within the film would be and it was her performance that sort of uh, it elevates the part in a way for me because a lot of the time in a, a lesser actress's hands this role would have come across as very stupid uh, not stupid but simple and overly sentimental for me like I think it was very in danger of becoming uh, overly romanticised yeah. but because like she that, yeah. yeah she gives such a strong performance and she's such a, she has such a powerful presence about her that she's the type of actress who can elevate the material that she's given and that is a sign for me of when you're just like on another level so Anya Taylor-Joy coming back again was a delight to see I think yeah I would agree I wouldn't have been one that I would have noted down uh, as a, like as a top performance just because kind of the things that you were mentioning um, like it being borderline it wasn't it wasn't you know putting me off but it was just yeah, there's some problematic it, it things was, about it. It was pretty simple to me. Maybe I wasn't looking deep enough into it. Um, yeah. But I think she was better in Split as a, as in like in a vulnerable situation than being mm-hmm. in control because she was obviously yeah. Uh, without going into yeah. the yeah the specifics of it, she's in a obviously she's free. Yeah, she's free and she's in a more controlled state. So um, to, yeah, it, it did feel a bit not bland, but it, it felt just a bit simple. Um, you felt it felt lesser than the performance you had to give in Split. Lesser than in, in the performance of Split. 
That's fair enough. Well, I want to... Plenty of emotion in it and stuff, so... Um... Yeah. No, I agree. I completely um, agree um, with your comment. But, but just not anywhere near the levels, I don't think. Yeah, but like I say, she has a lot of the characters do have less to do because you're focusing on the three. And the reason I haven't touched on Samuel L. Jackson and even Bruce Willis is because I think their performances are intrinsically linked to spoilers, and I don't want to spoil a lot of their arcs yeah. uh, a lot, but they're also very good in the film, it goes without saying. Two legends, legendary actors and reuniting. Is this their third movie together, I think? Because they did Die Hard 3 and they did Unbreakable. I can't think of anything else they've starred in together. Apart from that. I can't think of it. No. Well, oh, in fact, no, we're, we're stupid. We're, we're Pulp Fiction. Oh, oh, aye. I just remembered that there, that either fourth, there'll be the fourth film. Aye. You forget Bruce Willis is in Pulp Fiction, don't you? You do, aye. Aye, it's just, it's cause it's, the, like, let's be honest, it's the most boring part of that movie. I, I like him, I like him in that. Really? I like him in it, it's just, I, I prefer to be with, uh, uh, Jules and Vincent Vega, you know. I mean, yeah, I probably prefer that, but I don't. Aye. I don't know. I, I still think it's still a key, an iconic, uh, like, yeah. I- Zed's dead, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that. Well, we'll move on. We'll round this up. I had a discussion with uh, Matty Sutherland. Was looking for Unbreakable this week because he wants to go and see Glasses. Obviously, see the Split. Right. All right. Uh, and he mail- he mails me last night, and he's like, basically wasn't a fan of Unbreakable and I said to him there and then if you're not a fan of Unbreakable and like Split better I think you'll be less inclined to like Glass because for me it's much more like Unbreakable and slower paced the way Unbreakable is uh, rather than Split that's sort of a traditional thriller. Uh, What would you say to people going at this movie would you say it's necessary to have seen both movies and would you agree with what I'm saying is it's more like Unbreakable than it is Split, so be aware of that going in. Yeah, in fact, an interesting thought is that if you haven't seen Unbreakable but you go to see Glass, having seen Split already, you mm-hmm. might like you might like it better in the development, but um, you might you might miss out on a lot. Like you might miss out completely. You will, you will miss out completely on David Dunn's story and. Mm-hmm. And I think that's necessary for the relationship with the son. I think it's necessary for. Yeah, well, for some emotional reasons, but it's necessary for the whole plot, really. But I think you can obviously go see a movie without, without seeing uh, a prequel and still enjoy it. Unless it's like Infinity War. I think if you don't like Unbreakable, <laughs> then you might, you're, yeah, as you said, you're, you're less inclined to like Glass because mm-hmm. it's the same, same sort of pace. And um, it's, Split doesn't have a superhero feel to it at all. Um, because, no, not until the end. Yeah, because it's so contained, and because like, but even even when you know the whole beast thing becomes uh, becomes to the surface, and Split, you're still mm-hmm. not really seeing it as he's a villain or he's a super villain or he's. Mm-hmm. I mean, the way they talk about him is if he's like more powerful than a man, it doesn't make him. It, it doesn't make him a superhero or a superhero. Yeah. He could be a god. Well, I actually, I would have hated it. I was actually coming out of Split negative until I knew. Oh, this is a super villain origin story because yeah. I was like, oh, that's just a bit far fetched, isn't it? And then all of a sudden you put it in the Unbreakable World, and I was like, oh, I, I get I, it. Same. I, I, as, and I've just said it earlier on. Like, I think Split as a standalone film isn't what I would have expected from that film. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It wasn't like yeah. in this universe, and someone had made a movie about someone who has twenty-four different identities. 
and captures you know becomes a kind of serial killer or, or becomes a um, yeah it's kind of problematic on paper and it's no but it sounds good like it sounds like a good film but yeah. if it's the way that M Night Shyamalan done it as a standalone film then I'd be going nah it's for me five out of ten six out of ten but because it's linked into this world and you realise it's an origin story it bumps up because I'm like well you know in the grand scheme of things it was quite a good movie but there was things I had issues with. So you're giving a wee score to Split there. What's your score out of 10 overall for Glass, would you say? Um, I'd probably say 8. Mm-hmm. Uh, a strong 8 because I liked it. I think the twists were brilliant. Um, I do have some issues with just... Yeah, there's just some issues with the plot where I think it could have been tied up a little bit better or it could have been maybe a wee bit better explained. Um, mm-hmm. Just, just as a as a general explanation, um, mm-hmm. but what I really liked was sort of the narrative throughout. Like, and it, it does a lot of it in Unbreak- Unbreakable as well, more to do with Mister Glass. Mister Glass, obviously, being the comic obsession that he has, um, he often speaks about real life like it's a comic. Mm-hmm. So he speaks about real life events. He talks about the events in Unbreakable. He talks about the events also in Glass. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he sort of narrates it as it's happened, or he says something like he says a particular line. Of His mother does that as well. Does it? Yeah. As, because she's yeah, well, yeah, because she she says, or oh, he used to always say this sort of things. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. She's obviously watching and saying all these different things and thinking this way. Um, that's what I really like about it is the way that it sort of it, it eliminates that sort of cliche of of it being a superhero movie, like good versus evil and all that. Because I feel like Glass is a sort of um, he's a sort of Study. mediator between good and evil because he literally is just a comic book like genius. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I agree, I agree, and I would also give it an eight. I think you've got the score perfectly there because, like you say, there's issues with the movie. We talk about the steady pacing of it, but there's a few times where he takes a long time to do certain things, and then the things that I think he should dwell on for a bit longer the moments, the character moments that really would elevate the emotion of the story are sort of rushed by at times, which for me does load it down in a certain regard because I'm like, I'm actively, it takes me out of the movie and I'm thinking in the cinema, oh, I wish that he'd spent maybe 30 more seconds in that particular scene or something like that. However, I would be lying if I said that I left this the, the movie and I didn't find it affected and I think that's the most important thing about cinema is it, this movie does raise a lot of deep philosophical questions if you allow it to take your mind there and the emotion that the film goes into and the question that this trilogy has been asking as a whole is is, uh, the themes are completely wrapped up in this by this film's ending and i found it really emotional like in the like i felt a pang i was like that's like beautiful in a sense and i don't want to spoil anything more specifically but I will say that if you allow Glass to take you on the journey that he's he, he, he's wanted to take you on for these three movies in this trilogy, then you will get satisfaction at the movie's conclusion, I believe. Yeah. You know? Like, so, I think, so, yeah, if you... Maybe not, maybe not as uh, poetically put as you said there, like a journey, but um, I think when you really think about the characters and, like, what they're actually... Like why their motives are what they are. Um, I think I think that's another reason why seeing Unbreakable um, 
and seeing Split well as, as well helps you understand the characters better. That would be something that if you want to see if you want to see Glass and you haven't seen the other two and you're going to it sort of cold, then you don't really understand a lot of why they're doing what they're doing. Yeah, and you lose a lot of that pathos. Why they feel the way they feel, you know what I mean? Why why they you know have these issues. Mm-hmm. Why that each of the each of the three have certain issues with things and um if you don't, if you miss out on that, then you miss out on a lot of what you were saying is like the emotional attachment. You miss out yeah. why um, why the characters are fighting, why the characters believe what they believe, and then also how they can overcome those. You know what I mean? Like how, Definitely, you miss the you miss the journey. Like yeah. you you need you need to be on there from the beginning of it. I think, um, and. Yeah, I think that wraps up our discussion for today. We'll probably return to Glass. We're thinking of uh, later in the year when the DVD comes out doing a, a triple threat, maybe episode on the trilogy as a whole, maybe a big episode on how this trilogy all wraps together. And that'll be a good explanation. That'll be a good explanation of the nature of a movie trilogy and what makes a good movie trilogy. You know, that's a good point. Yeah, not big. Yes. So we'll wrap up for today. You can join us next time. Oh, of course, if you want to check out the back catalogue, go to iTunes and Spotify, First Time Films. Uh, give us the follow on Twitter and, uh, and the like on Facebook and Instagram. And like we said at the end of the last show, our next main show will be on Fast and Furious 5, where the two of us will be joined once again by our co-host, Nikki And Ross McLeod from the Eat Sleep Super Retweet podcast will be coming in. So, Russian. see you then. Bye. Bye-bye.